Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello everybody and welcome back to you streaming in place. Today we are talking about Avatar, the last airbender, book one, water, episodes 11 and 12, the great divide and the storm. And the most exciting thing about this, guys, is that tomorrow we're getting to episodes Allison hasn't seen yet. Yay! Yay! It's very exciting. One. One episode I haven't seen. One episode you haven't seen. I've seen the first one and not the second one. Oh, you haven't seen The Fortune Teller yet. That episode is delightful. I feel like you could say that about pretty much the entire season, though. And we have, uh, we did hear on, on Twitter from Elena, who is very excited that we're doing this and is like, I, I can't right now because of work is insane, but like, as soon as I can, I'm catching up with you guys. So hopefully at some point, Elena will be joining us. Um, yeah, that would be nice. These episodes, we have, um, I think there's there's good stuff in here and they're very fun. We get our backstory for Angry Fire Kid slash Grease Lightning slash Zuko, um, which I think is significant. I was watching this going like, Oh, there's like nothing to talk about. I was like, oh, everybody doesn't already know the backstory. So, okay, yeah, that's a thing we should talk about. <laughs> that's a significant thing. Um, but uh, but there there is actually quite a bit of really um, charming, I think, fun. Like again, age appropriate. I have siblings and can <laughs> I can identify it me <laughs> with our Sokka and Guitar dynamic in the Great Divide. But definitely the more meaningful and meatier of the two, or sub- substantive of the two, is the storm. So let's start with the Great Divide and have any takeaways aside from Rene Aubergenois slash Odo, who I always love. What did you guys take away from the Great Divide? Well, it also had Scott Menville, who's been voicing Robin from the Teen Titans um, franchise um, on Cartoon Network Forever as the scout that you first meet. Uh, and I was just like... Right. He wasn't doing comedy yet in terms of, like, Teen Titans Go, so we didn't know he was funny. Mm -hmm. Um, We just knew he was brooding and serious. Um, I love Teen Titans, so I I, I can't. But no, I I, I like The Great Divide. I think it's perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, I just really love that rock, earthbending tour guide, though, of, like, here's how we're going to get through everything, everyone. Oh, they're coming for me. And it's just like, oh. I love this goofy old guy. I'm very here for all of this. Um, but I'm also here for Aang lying to get these two two tribes to come together, as opposed to just like being like relying on some weird past knowledge of Jinwei and Wei Jin and being like, oh yeah, no, I just made all that up so they'd stop arguing and come together in unity. And it's like, yeah, no, it's okay. I think it works. I think it works. I, th- I think I'm okay with this instance of lying. Just because there's no reason for these two people to be at each other's throats after a hundred years. I was torn on it because I was of two minds. I ultimately was fine with it. Um, because a hundred years isn't long enough for him to say, oh yeah, no, that isn't what happened at all. They were actually toddlers playing a game. Like, people would yeah. know. Like, there's yes. there would be more memory in the group. But then also they are refugees and a bunch of them have been killed. So, like, you know, there would be more disruption in the the clan lore as it were yeah. and there would be fewer elders around who would have direct knowledge right so you know i'll go with it and and the overall like message of it i think and and again we were talking about this yesterday and the the characters progressing in the oh here's what we're gonna do to for the for the better good we don't we're not gonna make a big deal about lying about this because the result is this is a way better and more important takeaway um i appreciate that we didn't have any sturm and drang but we got 
Aang very much okay with doing this. Um, just as like kind of a throwaway line at the end. It was, it was, it was nice. Yeah. What'd you think, Allison? I, um, am very, I don't know. Fascinated is probably too strong a word, but I've thought about this episode more than I expected to after I watched it the first time, because I feel like it's one of those things where you start to pick it apart and it becomes both more interesting and less coherent. I also had the thought about a hundred years not being long enough, but your point about the fact that they've been at war for the entirety of those 100 years, um, I think is really well taken. So it is feasible that a lie like this could actually work. Most, you know, on the one hand, most of the time, I think let's not lie about history. Let's be honest about history. But on the other hand, there isn't actually a way to know what really happened in this case, it seems like. And if this solves this problem, which it doesn't, there's no way that they didn't start fighting about, tents and food and who is leading and all of that stuff a mile down the road but for the moment like it's at least there's a better groundwork they've gotten rid of this inherited prejudice um that's completely unnecessary especially at the given moment so um so i think from an intellectual perspective it's really fun to sort of pick at and pull apart and see what you make of it i'm not sure it entirely holds up to that level of scrutiny even if it invites it um but the thing that i found really interesting besides wilford brimley who isn't (laughs) wilford brimley but it's wilford yeah um or like hal holbrook as mark twain like going for a very specific thing with that character um is it felt like it was pretty steeped in like americana from the great divide uh that looks a hell of a lot like the grand canyon um some other like big sort of stone monument i guess formations that look like things that we would see in the american west um the score which is like vaguely bluegrassy vaguely copelandy like kind of like a generic american old-timey sound uh that i just thought was it was really unexpected and i thought really effective uh, because i felt very transported to somewhere else uh and i think the thing that made that work most successfully is yes the goofy old man um who, in addition to being a really funny, well-defined character, uh, also just gave it a very different sense of, like, weight and place and energy that I really appreciated. Um, and poor Aang waiting to eat his lychee nuts. When he really wanted that bugs. egg custard, man. He did. Really. Egg tart, whatever, yeah. 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 Um, Marcus points out that there would be people old enough to know the to maybe not the event but the jail term if it was the 20 years was actually accurate which is a really good point oh maybe Um, that's why they put all all of the sick and elderly on appa so no one was there to contradict them yeah (laughs) and yeah and then like the sick and elderly were there though when i came up with the idea of the thing um, well maybe they all saw now the wisdom of the choice yes they're all like (sighs) Yes, I forgot. That's totally what happened. That's what happened, right? We had a lot of fun on the ride, guys. We're all we're besties now. <laughs> we realized that the um, trouble was not us; it was the young people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the youths. Um, what did the two of you think about the um, technically three, but specifically two very different animation styles that we got for the tellings of the Jin Wei's and the Wei Jin's storylines? That very sort of angular ones for the Ganjins, and then that kind of rough, zany, 
fun, like weird sort of almost like Nicktoons for the Zhang's telling. Well, and then the third style for, it was for the Aang's chibi, version. Yeah. Yeah, the chibi um, babies. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was interesting to see the show take some different stylistic swings because obviously visually it's been really stunning the whole way through but um all three of them were like a nice pleasant jolt and i think again if you really want to start digging into the intellectual piece of the storytelling says something else about perspective and how it you know, history the way that history is told and the way that stories are passed down and we're colored by our own perspective and all of that so very effective i thought mm-hmm Plus, it's just, it's fun and pretty. Yes, <laughs> it is fun that and too. pretty. And it's also just like a signal of like their production values. Because that's, that's a lot of time and effort yeah. that yeah. you then have to like animate that stuff without using previous assets or anything. It's one thing to design two whole tribes that you have to like populate. And then it's like, we're also going to use two very different animation styles for a solid two minutes or so. It's like, good lord, that's so much work. <laughs> Why would you do that? And it works. It works. But it's just like one of those things where you go, that's a lot of care for a one-off episode. Yeah. Well, and in the theme of our conversations this week, I think it's particularly nice that they chose to do that because then we get the storm and the storm is super intense. Lots of drama, lots of angst, and lots of pain. And so having a little bit more whimsy. Um, I mean, you mentioned Walter um, uh, Wilford Brimley. I went to a Walter Brennan place as well. A bit with um, the two, the guide, right? And in, in that episode, it that that's very much appreciated when you follow it up with. And here's the tragic story of Ang's last uh, days, and uh, you know what his life would have been if he hadn't frozen in an iceberg, and also how uh, Zuko got his scars. So, Allison, is your the yeah. most recent viewer? What did you think? Um, I mean, I think it's the opposite of how Jack got his tattoo. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, like a really essential piece of the story. It makes sense to me that this is some, an episode that maybe wasn't quite as hotly anticipated by the two of you, given that this is just stuff that you've known about mm-hmm. Zuko this whole time. Um, but I found the sort of dual backstories to be a really effective tool here. I feel like I learned more about both Aang and Zuko, even on like a subconscious, um, touchy-feely level, and sort of, they're obviously not at all similar, but there is kind of a similar um, formative traumatic event having to do with a guardian figure um, that I thought was really, really great. so it's interesting to kind of let all of that stuff stew and and ruminate. And it's more active for me than most, hey, here's the backstory of the characters you've been following episodes are, because they put these two very sort of time-sensitive things in here. One in that one is Zuko's crew obviously being incredibly frustrated and rightfully angry about his attitude toward them and the cavalier way with which he's approaching their lives. Um and and then um, Sokka's ill-fated fishing trip um, mm-hmm. for which he got paid in a single fish. Poor Sokka. Um, just that's, someone's got to do some checking of the labor laws uh, wherever they are. Um, so yeah, I think it, 
was more active and vital than most let's talk about the past episodes are because of those two conceits. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, like I had said yesterday, I didn't really remember the storm, and I feel really bad about that. Because um, I think that this episode is really well structured. Like Allison said, the whole, like, dual origin story, basically, for both of these characters, I think works really well. And they do like a lot of graphic matching to really drive it home with the fire pits and then the, the barrel of fire in the ship. And I really appreciate, like, how they visually sort of, like, transition us in and out of these stories, um, but while also drawing really solid parallels between that idea of the Avatar's hope in a very variety of different ways, of, like, he represents hope for these people who have been going through the war, and Fuzuko, he's another kind of hope um, in just a really terrible way, Um so I think that it's really, really good. And I think that on top of that, showing us that Zuko was, prior to all this, kind of a well-meaning good person that just got caught up in his own toxic masculinity, toxic royalty type stuff of like, I, I, I need my honor back. And then it's, but you were just going to throw away the lives of an entire division for no reason. That seems wrong, maybe? Um, and so I really like that that's sort of like where we start getting like these nuances to both of these, which then for the people in the chat starts paying off a little bit in the very next episode. Um, so I'm really, I'm really pleased about that. Um, but I also just like this episode because it, it introduces us to the Fire Lord, Fire Lord Ozai, who, Allison, did you recognize the voice acting for that? Well, I didn't really have a cho- a chance to because I was sitting next to Tom. And oh, he... Tom immediately recognized it. Okay. Well, yeah. and Tom has seen it, so he okay. paused it and went, "Mark Hamill." That is correct. <laughs> and is I was Mark like, Hamill. "Yeah." Well, and I think depending on how much animation you watch, it's easier to clock a Mark Hamill appearance. It um, is. I probably yeah. would not have. I, I, I would probably have sat in that middle zone of like, I know who that is. I know who that is without really getting who it is, which is a mark of how good a mark (laughs) of how good Hamill is as a voice actor. Um, I don't know. Caldwell's Marcus. Do y'all know about Mark, Mark Hamill's starry career as a voice actor? One of the acclaimed voice actors of his generation. Yeah. Yeah. um, He is just top tier sort of, he does like, one voice really well, <laughs> um, but it's the voice that they get him to do um, for everything. Here it's a little gruffer. It's more akin to like what he does in um, What We Do in the Shadows this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just like, all oh, right. They got him for this one episode for like four lines. And then I don't feel like we hear from Ozai again until like season three. <laughs> You know what? Worth it. Very effective. Yeah. For, for those who don't know, um, the... The yeah, he Kina says he was so great on what we do in the shows this season. Yes, he was terrific. Um, but uh, he was the voice of the Joker in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, so for is... at least a generation, the iconic Joker. Yeah, yeah, my Tom. For those of you who don't know, the Caldwells know this, but uh, Tom is one of the world's biggest Batman fans, um, and he thinks that Hamill is the definitive Joker. Kevin Conroy is the definitive Batman, so yeah. I think all of that tracks. Yep, he he agrees with you on that point. Um, he just he was so excited when Conroy showed up in the in the crossover this year. Um, 
Yeah, I you know, I think he, it is definitely all variations on the same voice, right? But yeah. there's they're just different enough that you can't always go, ooh, that's Mark Hamill right away, unless you've watched a lot of his stuff. And I think this one, there's a regality to it. Yes. Um, that's really, even though it is just a couple lines, that's really effective. And the shot where Zuko is waiting for his duel and... He drops something or something falls from the sky. There's like a piece of fabric and it falls and it's really slow as mm. like a reveal. Oh, incredibly be- beautiful, unsettling, like oh, just a real dynamite piece of filmmaking there. The other voice actor I wanted to mention is I always appreciate when when James Hong shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. for, I I was torn because I was like, oh, James Hong, awesome. And I was like, why are you making him a bigger role? Because he's awesome. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. It's super yeah. fair. Um, does finding out like all of this stuff sort of like help shift us away from Angry Fire Kid to Zuko, or is he still Angry Fire Kid? Is he humanized by this to a certain degree, or is he still just? Mm, why won't anyone listen to me? Well, when you put the lens of abuse and trauma over his, and, and with the specificity we get in this episode over his yeah. actions, that does really. F- like Shaden a lot, I think, and and it's, it all it really uh, does a lot to um, clarify his relationship with Uncle Iroh. Yes, um, and and I mean we get that that shot of Iroh looking away, right? That tells you everything you need to know. That like you know, it, you don't really even need, really need to see it because we've that relationship has been so well established to this point. But you know what we get for Zuko in this episode um, does just lay on top of like just like filter overlay that's the word i'm looking for overlays really carefully and really well with everything we've gotten so far to really um make sense and pay off what they've been working on with him uh, i still think of him as angry fire kid because i feel like that's what he is for a while longer yeah but that's okay i say that with like affection <laughs> how do you feel about yeah. it allison I mean, I, I'm just, I love a nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a nickname, the character either sucks memorably or is really important in some way. Um, I, a, a significant percentage of my life is dedicated to nicknames for fictional characters. Um, so he's going to be Angry Fire Kid until we come up with a different nickname. Like, maybe eventually he'll be conflicted fire kid (laughs) you know what i mean um or like lightly optimistic fire kid um so i i think the nickname's gonna stick around but yeah i think it's paying off what it's been hinting at for a while where we get these little glimpses of that relationship of the relationship with uncle iroh um and it raises questions about why that relationship is how it is and why it is that he's driven to do what he wants to do and certainly why he's banished and all of these things, uh, it makes them more interesting. Um, I don't think it necessarily, well, it humanizes, yes, that's a fair word. Um, It doesn't make him an easy source of, or an easy target for empathy. Um, You know, he's, it's not like dueling protagonists now, but um, he's definitely a more complex, rich character, which is great. Any other things we want to make sure to mention? I feel like we got to mention our lightning moment. Right. Oh, that was so cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. How did you respond to that the first time you saw it, Allison? 
I don't I don't really remember. I think it was probably yeah. the same way I responded this time, which was to go, wow! <laughs> um, just really cool. What a cool mm-hmm. moment. All, yeah. all of the storm sequence, all of the stuff that Aang does and moving, the shot of him zooming up through the eye, just really, really neat. I uh, would also like to thank Avatar The Last Airbender for having a better concept of how storms work than <laughs> Outlander, mm-hmm. um, a show that has ne- does not understand how hurricanes work. Um, even a little. So that's good. Um, yeah, the lightning was so cool. What a cool and like just a little tiny bit funny and mostly really badass. Very neat. Is that a moment that speaks to the two of you? I mean, it's just really cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's super cool. It's just really, really neat. And then it ends with that punchline. Um, yeah, it's really great. The fact that I'm drinking water has no significance, and this Same. will come back in season three. Same. It's not important. Don't worry about it. No. Don't, don't worry oh, about it. God, you dorks. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, I have a couple other things. They are not specific to these episodes. So, uh, Keenan and Marcus and Scotty, if you have any thoughts or anything you want us to touch on, please drop it into the chat. Otherwise, I'll throw it to you guys for any final thoughts and things that we're excited about moving forward. I, like I said, I'm excited about the Blue Spirit. I think this episode's really, really good. So I'm excited about tomorrow. Um, and I'm excited about the Fortune Teller because that episode is very silly. Um, we also get more animals in that episode, which is also a really good thing. We haven't talked about the Croc Spiders. They're right, here. the Croc Spiders. Yeah, the Croc Spiders. <laughs> That's like, what? Were, what's that card game where you take different parts of mm-hmm. animals and make your own. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't it's like that. It's like they've yeah. got a a set of that in the writer's room for this show and just... Um, yeah, they were cool. They just... And you know what? They just wanted the food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just wanted the food. They just wanted the food. And Wilford Brimley told them not to bring the food. No one listens to Wilford Brimley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, first of all, I need a... Saka update from Kate's mom. That's um, one of my things. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I appreciated what Saka was like. I just took their side because they fed me. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, that seems there about right. There was meat. Katara's a very worked up. Saka just, was just there for the food. It's very practical. Marcus says the end of that sequence didn't really make sense to me. Do you mean the food when they were, like, the way that they got out of the divide? Or, yeah, the, yeah. Right at the wall. Yeah. That, um, uh, I feel like that is one of the few places that I feel comfortable saying, don't overthink it. Right. Um, <laughs> because watching that episode, I just went, wouldn't it have been easier if Appa just ferried? That like, was my thought. <laughs> yes. Like, I feel like that could have happened, and none of this would have been an issue. There weren't that many people, and no. they yeah. clearly could fit a lot of people on Appa's back. And then the tour guide still could have been like, hey, I'm going to come with you. This job blows. Can yeah. we just get out of here? I'm going to bossing say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, my two things then are... Sakazaka update, and uh, my mom enjoys. It's a similar enjoys the nickname situation, <laughs> Allison. Um, but she is. Uh, she's like no, he's making progress. It's <laughs> what you would hope to see for a young man in his position. So you know he's getting better, and we'll get there. Kind of a thing. Um, so there's that, and then also I took that personality quiz, pop culture personality thingy that. Um, was going around a while, forever ago. Because I, I took it when it came out, but I couldn't remember any of my results. So my one was Josiah Bartlett, and my two was Katara. 
So, so Keenan wow, with Kara Kate. Yeah, let I know. Kate I, like, I am that egotistical, so that does work out for Bartlett. Let, yes, let Kalsik be Kalsik. Come on. <laughs> it's the right um, number but, of syllables. Yeah. The, um, so, so the, the Katara, because I did, they did the short one and I got Katara and then I got, when I did the long one, um, I, I can even pull it up here cause I saved it cause I knew I wouldn't remember just like I did in the previous time. Um, so I, at 89%, I have seven, Josiah Bartlett, Katara, Lisa Simpson, Sam Carter for SG1, Tammy Taylor, Donald Mallard from the, the nerd, the, the old nerd from uh, NCIS, and Janet from The Good Place. So these are quality characters. I am yeah. bored with that. So, anyways, good times. Uh, so I was, now that Keenan's here, Keenan, do you have any thoughts now on what it means to get Katara as your person, now that you've watched some of this? Allison, any final thoughts on these? Um, I mean, the food thing. I'm also excited about... Um, these next two episodes, but mostly I'm just excited to get to watch one I haven't seen before. <laughs> I just, I'm really ready. Um, I'm very, very excited about that. And I feel like as much as I enjoy revisiting these, it'll be nice to have the dynamic shaken up a little. Y'all can drink way more water moving forward. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's important that you stay hydrated. Yeah. It's great. Well, it's just enjoyable for me feeling like Kate did throughout the entire Lucifer run of this, <laughs> of being like, oh, yeah. Allison's just stumbling onto things. I'm keeping notes on what she's stumbling onto so that we can reference that later. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. My my Can't uh wait. my my dad especially my and my mom too have been like like mapping out some of what's going to happen and some of it they have right and some of it they do not. <laughs> so it's been sort of fun. But like, well, clearly this is going to happen. I'm like, water. You don't, but they don't listen, so they don't know what this means. But I'm having a moment <laughs> at home. Uh, Keenan says uh, that they are. I mean, I'm obviously wildly flattered because Katara is pretty terrific. So yeah, good stuff. She yeah, yes, she is wonderful. She is fabulous. Um, okay, so that will wrap up our conversation about these two then for today, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Great Spirit and the Fortune Teller, which are episodes thirteen and fourteen, and then we're off for the weekend. So we get to, you get to watch one new one, Allison, and then we're off for the weekend. <laughs> But hey, well, I get something. to watch one new one, and then I get to watch two new ones over the weekend. The yeah, hard thing is going to be not watching four new ones over the weekend. It's so hard. Like It's, it's really like, hard. I can just keep playing. I've seen these before. It'll be fine. But it's smart that I watch them the day of the recording now, because it's just easier. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good times. Good times. Okay. Indeed. More on this tomorrow. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Keenan, Marcus, and Scotty, for hanging out with us in the chat. And we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.